Hey everyone, Steven and Jesse here today. It's going to be a tough episode to uh, to do. Welcome everybody. So, obviously everyone knows at this point what's been going on this past weekend with John Huber passing away, non-COVID related lung issue, and um, me and Jesse are going to talk about that quite a bit, and then we are going to try to turn our frowns upside down a little bit and talk about some of the positives that have come out of this year. Um and basically do a best of and like a little award show uh, covering the stuff that we like the best this year from WWE, AEW, and we'll probably throw some Impact Wrestling in there as well. Um, so that's the plan for today. Um, any money that we make on the show, down to the penny, whether it's Super Chats, donations, anything at all. Um, and this Streamlabs link is like, the donation link in the description is live all the time. And, like, for the next, like, week, like, if there's more, like, donations that come in throughout the week, we will, anything that we get from this at all, we're going to be sending, um, basically, we don't know exactly where the Huber family wants the money as of right now, so we're going to find out if we need to send it to them, or if there's an organization that they prefer that I send it to, but we're going to send the money wherever John Huber's family wants us to send any money we make from this, so... Um, if you want to help out however you can, uh, just know that the money is going to him or his, you know, his family or whatever organization that, you know, his family, you know, where, where he wants that money to go or where he would have wanted that money to go. Or you, I think you guys understand where, what I'm trying to say here. I'm a bit shooken up over it. I've done, uh, two or three different podcasts since he passed away. And so I've had to talk about it a lot and it's, it's just, it's, it's a rough, it's a rough time. So, um, what I'm going to do here for the next couple minutes, I want to make sure that I get these links out um, to all the Facebook groups that I'm a part of because I want anybody who possibly can to join in today to try to you know help out his family however we can or, or whoever they want us to help out. So, um, Jesse, if you can just kind of start off and let me know kind of your kind of your thoughts on everything that's been going on with that and just you know yeah. I, we'll go over this, I'll go over some like match recommendations here in a minute and stuff too y'all so like you know maybe some stuff to check out of his, you know of his work yeah I mean this I think we really do want to make a difference here um we want to feel I feel like in human nature we are problem solvers we want things to be done and even with someone's untimely passing there's a there's a want to assist or help out people that are left and we definitely want to help out a family. However, there hasn't been like a GoFundMe started. There hasn't been anything done like that. But we want this money to go somewhere where his family will either use it or where they want to be. They want it to be used, whether that's you know the American Lung Association or the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, or maybe they set up a scholarship fund, you know, for kids or you know something. We want this to go somewhere. And while we don't know where that is right now. Um, it's definitely full transparency. We are going to keep it. I will show you receipts of where it goes because it's your money and it's our, it's our collective effort to try to help his family because I feel like it, it can't bring him back, but I do definitely think that it can help us feel like we're, we're making a difference in the lives that he touched the most and that was his kids and his wife and I do want to say that this it's going to be difficult. I put a cat. I did put a kitty cat. People are talking um, about your arm, like, like disappearing. Yeah, I know. It's glitching. I know. Can you hear her okay? I, as long as y'all can hear her okay, that's what really you know matters the most. We want to make sure you... Yeah, it's, I'm in a nursing chair because I'm pregnant and I can't sit in a 
desk chair anymore. Um, so forgive me. But, um, yeah, I did put a kitty cat just because I had it as just like, oh, I just had it as like a black screen. And I was like, that's too sad. I put a cat just to make, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just something like to make you all, like, you know, so like, I feel like this definitely shook everyone up. It's shaken me up a lot. It's, I'm still kind of like in shock. Like when I, when I saw the, the tweet that AEW put out of just like, you know, like and it has like the, the statement and it said like 1979 to 2020, like you see that immediately like, oh my gosh, I gasped and I like sat up really fast, which for me is a feat. And my husband's like, what? What? And my mouth is just like open. And I, I, I swear to God, it was like a whole minute before I could get out, like what happened. And I look at my husband, I go, Cody Lee just died. And he goes, what? He's like, no way. And so we're both looking and we were just both like in complete shock the entire night. And it's something that's like so difficult to process when it's something so sudden and unexpected, at least for us that weren't, you know, in the know, which is, I mean, I do want to say really quickly that for the people that did know, there were a few, um, it looks like there were a few journalists that kind of knew or had an idea that he was either sick or had been in the ICU. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they kept it very hush-hush, no one said a thing. And I think that that's really commendable. I feel like, you know, wrestling journalism gets a really bad rap sometimes. And I think that was really commendable and acceptable for the family. It was a very private issue. And I, I want to honor that and respect that. Um, so, you know, obviously for the rest of the night, you know, I'm just like in shock. I texted you. I yeah, like, that's Dude. how I found out. Like, I, I, had, I wasn't even like paying attention to social media or anything that night. And like, you texted me and I was like, I think I texted you right away. Like, I'm going to jump on Twitter and see like what people are saying about this. Yeah. Cause like, I want, I mean, my first, uh, like my initial reaction was, like there had to have been a mistake. Like there's no way. Like yeah. I, I know there wouldn't. I know no one would make like a storyline out of something like that. I, I just figured like there's just no. Like, but but at the same time, right after it's, I thought it, that it has to be a work. It has to be. Right. It can't be real. It has to be a work. Like you, it sounds awful, but it's like your mind wants to think otherwise. You know. Yeah. Well, un- unfortunately, like it hit me pretty quick when like yeah because. Cause then, like after I was like, "Hey, this this has to be like, there's no way this could be true." Yeah. I was like, "He's, but he has been like, he's been completely off TV for like a while now, and like no one was saying why." And like I started putting that all together, and I was like, "Oh no!" Like he was probably sick with something. And, and like the first thing you think of is like, "Is this COVID related?" Because yeah, a guy, or a guy of his physical, uh, you know, like physically speaking, like he was just he just had like a great dog collar match with Cody in I think it was October like and that was his last match ever as crazy as that is and and like he was young still relatively speaking you know yeah. 41 is you shouldn't people shouldn't be I mean my mom died of at 39 of cancer you know what I mean so like I know that yeah. like I know that these things are possible but usually it isn't so sudden like you know cancer you know I, I can only speak from my own experience my mom had cancer for like five years so that was more of like a you know, long-term, like, you eventually kind of saw that stuff coming. With Luke Harper, it was like, or, or, or John Huber, it was literally like, this guy was on TV 
doing great stuff. The best work of his career. Looked like he was having an awesome time. All the being the elite stuff and the Dark Order and all that and the TNT title, and then and then he's he's dead. And it's like it just doesn't. Yeah. There was just no. I have no idea. I mean, it's scary. The only it's thing, scary. and I don't want to speculate at all. The only thing that I ever worry about with guys from that have his background. I've worried about this before, but there's never been like a, a case of it to where like I could, I could even say like there's any kind of correlation at all, but I've always worried. And this is not speculating on like him in, in particular, but like just your brain processing what's just going on. when I think like lung issues and someone that young and like the background he had, I've always been worried in, and once again, I like I cannot. I want to preface this a billion percent, saying like this is not what happened with him. I have no clue, but like deathmatch wrestling with the the fluorescent light tubes has always scared me because they're like they're oh, bad. They're yeah. they're hitting each other with those things and breathing in yeah, all bad, these yeah. all this. Because I I've, I just know even from being like like in in the crowd, like the the gust of it, like like you can like you, like you can kind of feel it. And I can only imagine once again. This, but I'm just trying to think like lung That's issues. Just, someone like someone, someone lot, so young yeah. with with those kind yeah. of. Now then again, genetic. I mean, genetics. It could be anything. Like it, it could be anything. Too. And I hope anything. I hope that if his family wants us to know that we wind up finding out. But like, I also want to respect their privacy. If they Absolutely. if they want it private, then that's totally fine with me as well. But this is just me trying to try to figure out make. So I actually I talked to. I talked to a um, a buddy of mine who watches wrestling, and his mom is a is a doctor. She has been for a long time, and I, we were talking to her about this exact situation. Like Brody Lee, forty one, seemed healthy, and this whole thing. One of the first things she like brought up was like, "Does does he breathe? What what does he breathe in?" And that's when I started going into like, oh. I like like the like. Years ago, these that I I don't know, you know I I, I it's so yeah. it's so mind blowingly baffling, you know like I yeah. it's um God it's so it seems so unfair too like this is a guy that is universally loved that no oh, one has real. a no one has a bad yeah. thing to say about like and and what and, I, and even the only other thing I'll say and like I'll. Is yeah. is like with like the, like because this is hitting me like how like Eddie Guerrero did, which was yeah. rough. And the only difference was like with Eddie Guerrero, like he had had the history of like the pill and drug abuse and the DUIs mm-hmm. and like the stuff were like. And the thing with him that was so amazing was that he turned it all around. And like at the time of his death, like he was clean and sober, and he was like he had totally turned it around. But like the effects of what he had done before is what wound up catching up with him. And that's a proven thing. That isn't like me speculating. That like that is what happened with him. Like his uh when when he passed away so young, they they directly correlated it to the issues he had had years prior with those kind of substances. And or at least could say with pretty good you know you know what I'm saying? Like it was pretty yeah. proven. And as proven as it could be. And the th- and did Eddie, did Eddie Guerrero deserve to die? Absolutely not. I would mm-hmm. never say that ever in a trillion fucking years ever. Like don't you know never like that. But John mm-hmm. Huber didn't even have that. Like he didn't have like any history of any kind of controversy, any kind of anything like that. You know, he just seemed and like a healthy, like, normal guy. The same condition that we knew. Yeah. And and I feel like that's you know where our minds go as humans. You know, we're natural problem solvers. We're 
we recognize patterns and things just as humans. I mean, that's why we've become like, you know, that's why we've evolved to be like, you know, so dominant over other species because we, our brains have decided to reason and have thought and figure out patterns and reasoning and just all sorts of things like that. And I think it's a, it's something that, you know, we do just to like cope just to cope with such like a massive loss like whoa whoa what could this be like i i what can i do i can't do anything i i so i might as well just figure out what it was and i think it's important for us to like be respectful of the family like not demand that the family come out and say exactly what happened or anything like that i think it's okay for people to you know, kind of privately go, oh, maybe this was it, or maybe this was it, and, you know, maybe, oh, maybe I should go get, you know, checked because I did this, or something like that, or, like, maybe I should go get a checkup, you know, it just, it's, it's shocking, and I think at the same time, we, it's, it's hard, it's just, it's hard to kind of process this without, like, jumping to that, but at the same time, you want to, like, be respectful of the family, because it's, like, we don't know his history. Exactly. And I'm not saying like his history was bad or anything, but like you know, genetics. Like I've got some crazy genetic stuff. Like I have a hyper metabolism, so I wake up in the middle of surgery. <laughs> you know, <and> <laughs> right. the drugs, like the protocol and everything. Well, I mean, for it's all I know, I mean, like, yeah, I, you know, I drink, I drink alcohol regularly, and like. I'm hel- I feel healthy enough, but like that doesn't mean that one day like I could have like liver failure and they're like, Hey, well you had a liver issue this entire time because you were drinking all this alcohol and I just didn't know. But then like it just hits you one you know yeah. what I mean? Like Yeah. Something as simple as that. Like It does. And it's it's eerie. It is. It's because it really does make you reflect, especially especially in this instance. I feel like this death has made me reflect on my own life more than, uh, uh, gosh, I can't remember the last time a death has really affected me this much, not just in the, like, the suddenness of it, but in the response to it. And I say that because, like we said, it, it affects me personally and I cannot speak for anyone else it affects me personally because like we said he was a professional wrestler he was in elite shape he was a champion he was by all means and by all looks healthy and all of a sudden you know two months after being on TV he's passed away and it turns out he's been sick and and you go oh my gosh like no one no one is above anything. No one is above any kind of sickness, any kind of illness, any kind of medical issue. No one is superhuman. There there are no superheroes, no matter how much they look like it. And not only that, then you have the response of the entire wrestling world. The the outpouring of love it's incredible. The, it was it is it still is unreal and it, it moves you to tears it moves me to tears to see a person 
be so universally loved, universally respected, universally seen as the same thing. A family man, a person who respected people, a person who would reach out to people when they were in need. They would they were compassionate and understanding and encouraging. Like you see the same kind of pattern in all of these stories and it and it makes me reflect personally on what kind of legacy do I want to leave behind? What kind of legacy am I leaving behind? Like what am I doing in my life to make sure that God forbid if I have to leave this earth sooner than I expect that I am leaving a legacy of love and kindness and I'm leaving a lasting impact on people, you know? Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me, like, you know, when Cody Bryant, I'm not saying that Brody Lee is Cody Bryant, but it was kind of like along the same thing. You know, no one is superhuman. You know, everyone leaves a legacy behind and, you know, they, it was coming out that Cody was donating all this money to all these charities and all these stories come out, like the girl dad thing came out and, stuff like that and and i'm not trying to like compare the two like as athletes i'm just comparing them to my own reflection on the passing of these two people and how it affected me sure um it's 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 humbling it's profound and it's for once for like a for like a day, the wrestling community kind of came together for like a day and just was honorable and respectful and it, and it did kind of it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. Yeah. Give me just uh I mean give me just one second. I'm gonna I'm gonna close one of these windows just in case I I can like hear like a worker like heading this way with a lawnmower, oh, okay. I think. But yeah. no, I it's it, I'll I'll respond in just a second. But yeah, it's just, and I hope that, you know, I'm trying to get Sorry, that window actually is already closed. <laughs> that, that's how loud that damn lawnmower is. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, um, yeah, I'm just trying to go through the, I haven't really looked at the chat. My apologies. I've kind of wanted to focus on my words. I want to be very careful of my words. And I do want to say that, like, I noticed there's been, like, a lot of arguing, especially within, like, the past. 12, 24 hours about, like, just different things and different people's reactions to, like, just everything that's been going on with the remembrance mm-hmm. and the, the process and the just dealing with it. And I do want to just say that I, this has really, like, made me step back and, like, just want to be, like, respectful. And you have to remember, and I want everyone to be mindful of this, that everybody grieves in a different way. Grief is not something that is universally known to have, you know, there's a cycle of grief, of course, but people don't always, like, follow the, the bullet points, you know? It, it, it's something that makes people react in different ways, and this is, we're still in this very sudden grief phase, and I just do want to say that I'm never going to, like, invalidate or disrespect somebody's way of grieving. Like, of course, I have my opinions on, like, certain things, like, you know, certain articles that are out there, certain ways that people are honoring him and stuff like that. Of course, I have my opinions, but I'm not going to sit there and invalidate someone else's opinion on that because they're grieving and, and their cycle of grief is just as important as mine. So it's, 
I just, I don't know. It's to me right now, like being angry and being mad and fighting with people is not something like that sounds fun. It's never sounded fun, but definitely not something that is really worth it. Like what, what purpose does that serve? It just sure. makes people feel worse, you know? So I do want to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I'll say that. I mean, I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with like you know AEW versus WWE. Like the competition, I think yeah. is is amazing. Exactly. Like I love the competition of it, but it has been really really nice seeing everybody put that to the side, and because a lot of the stuff you're talking about with like the divisiveness, that's like you were saying on like people's personal opinions and the way that they're grieving and stuff like that. But at least I, at least to my knowledge, and even if I saw this, I just ignore it completely. But I, I mean, I I can't imagine anybody being dumb enough to make this about WWE versus <laughs> versus AEW. Like this is a man who lost his life, who who his kids now don't have a father. Her his husband, her his wife no longer has a husband. Like it, this is so much deeper than like, you know. And and you know, I saw some people that were you know upset about the way that. The WWE didn't do like a video package and the Ten Bell salute and stuff like that on Raw, and I understand being upset about that, like I do. But at the same time, I also don't know, like, you know, should at the same point, like, should AEW? And this sounds weird to say it like this, but should like should AEW get you know kind of first dibs on on honoring him, like in a real way with the pet video package with a full tribute show because he was with AEW, like. So like I so I kind of what I'm what I kind of think will probably happen is AEW will do this this great tribute show to him tomorrow and then on SmackDown on Friday is probably when we'll see like the WWE video package and like all that but I think WWE is actually giving AEW the courtesy of letting them do the big memorial first that's how I feel yeah. about it because he, he has way he has way too many which which is and because he, he has just way too many friends within the WWE that like they for them to not do something bigger than what they did on Raw I just have to believe that they're letting AEW do their do their stuff first which if that is the case I think that's really really commendable and I also think it was nice because I didn't watch Raw I saw little bits and pieces and I saw I heard all like the it's Monday you know what that is and and, or you know what that means and i and uh there was like i saw t-bar doing like the luke harper thing with his on his entrance and uh and a all that of kind of stuff yeah. and alexa bliss did like the yeah 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 you know thing and so um, that's awesome that they that they were that they did all that stuff yeah so. i think I, and i and i kind of stated my opinion on it and like i said it's my opinion it's not it's just how I feel. If someone feels a different way, I, I honor and respect it. I thought it was really, really nice, kind of stepped away for the wrestlers to individually kind of honor John Huber, Brody Lee, Lee Harper in the way that they best saw fit, in the way that they felt was most honorable and comfortable with them in the moment. And I thought it was fine. I thought it was really respectful. It. Could there have been a ten bell salute? Sure. Am I gonna lose sleep over it? No. I don't think it was an insult. I think it's just it's so silly. It's like why are we fighting about this? I it we're fighting over respectable and honoring someone and it's like let's just honor him and respect him and like let's not fight about it. Please. Yeah, like, any most I'm of the complaints 
Yeah. Well, mo- most most of the complaints that I've seen, like, and I haven't seen many, but, like, you know, it's people who do have a, a point to a degree about this, but I'll give my full thought on Like, you know, because people can go out there and be, they can see stuff of, like, the McMahon family, like, posting about Luke Harper and stuff. And I could see people being, like, what, like, like you really care. Like you had this guy in your company. Oh, you did. You did nothing with him. And 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 here's the thing. Like here's the truth. Like he he wanted out of the company. He made it known. They held on to him. Like he finally got out. And like they didn't. They didn't treat him great when he was there. Like they didn't. They they didn't. But that's also that's a business decision. Like that wasn't a this that's so different than like losing so like there are people that i didn't get along with that i work with that like if i found out they died i'd be really 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 sad like just because we didn't get along at work or whatever doesn't mean that i ever want to see these people dying you know so like i think that's kind of some defense as well it's like because i'm on that camp too it's like the wwe didn't treat him well like you know he wanted out for a long time and they held him i mean granted they held him to his contract that he signed so fair and fair enough but they had let other people out you know, they let Sean Spears out, and that's when he was like, "Hey, if I ask, like, can I get out?" And they were like, "No," and then was like, and then he was like stuck there for another year doing nothing. But all that being said, I don't think I, I have no inkling in my mind in what in any way whatsoever the WWE like they are one billion percent just as sad as we are about him dying. Like it, yeah. like that's all business related stuff that isn't on a personal level. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I do have and, to defend the WWE quite a bit on some of this stuff because, like, yeah, anyone who's absolutely. who's hating on them is like, that's uh, trust me. Like, I hate on the WWE more than anybody. Here. Like, I, I make like a career out of hating on the WWE. Like, and I'm I promise you that's not what this is about at all. Like, yeah, yeah. and and to be honest, it, and this isn't like I don't know, but his what makes the story kind of like beautiful and. The fact that it was such a big deal in AEW was because of his time in WWE. Sure. Without yeah. his time, without his time in WWE being, you know, seemingly underutilized, without you know not being given his full potential in WWE, we wouldn't have had you know the exalted one kind of mocking Vince McMahon. We wouldn't have. We probably wouldn't have been cheering him on as like you know, come on, yeah, because you know you always want to cheer on the underdog. And, True. you know, he kind of was an underdog going into AEW because he was like, come on, we believe in you. You know, we want to see your full potential. And he was getting there. He was the TNT champion. And he was the exalted one. And he had these good debut. And he had these great matches. And he cut these great promos that we never heard in WWE. And it was refreshing because it was like, man, what an inspiration. What a comeback story. What a, what a refreshing thing to see. Someone who kind of lost their spotlight in WWE, asked to be released, and then did what they wanted to do and become successful. That's a part of his story. And we have to remember that. And it's not a knock on WWE. It's it's a respectable and commemorating part of John Cena for being so... for persevering, for continuing to fight for what he wanted to do and how he believed in himself. It's really a testament believing in yourself and it's really inspiring and it's it, it makes me so sad that it, it had to end so soon but it really is kind of and it will forever be the what if we saw yeah. some of it but it'll forever be the what if and i hope that those people that feel like giving up on like their careers or giving up on you know their wrestling career or whatever they 
they look at this and they say, well, well, I don't want to give up. You didn't. And, you know, that what if, I'm, I'm going to fill in my own what if. And I, and I hope that that happens because it really is such an inspiring story. It really is. Yeah, at, at the very least, one thing we can all agree on, I think, is that he, like, at the, even though it was for a short time, he got to have fun in a mainstream wrestling promotion where he was a leader of a group and, like, made into a, like, he was treated like a main event star in that company, which is what so many of us wanted for so long when he was with the WWE and AEW actually gave him that chance and he knocked it out of the park, like, beyond what I could have even imagined because I knew he was a funny guy because I've talked about this plenty and I've shown, like, my posters behind me and stuff. But, like, the, like... He chose the name Brody Lee based on the movie Mallrats, which is my favorite, like one of my favorite movies ever. And what's so funny to me about that is like, either you understand the humor in that movie and you think it's really funny, or you, or it just really isn't for you and it's like just terrible. And I'm in the camp of thinking it's really funny. And when I found out his name is a mixture of Brody Bruce and Jason Lee, and Jason Lee who's, is who plays Brody Bruce in the movie, it's like. You, I'm automatically, yeah. well, I automatically had that connection with him because I was like, if you're naming yourself after Mallrats characters, like we probably have the same sense of humor. And then I realized, like, because this was back when he was at the WWE, I'd hear these interviews about that. Then when he came to AEW, his like dry sense of humor with the Dark Order as the Exalted One and how he'd throw papers off people's heads and and yell at people in their faces and all this stuff. I was, that was so like, oh my, this is like, this guy is hilarious. This is my type of humor to a T. Like, he was (laughs) so funny. That shit was, like, I watched the Being the Elite special that they did uh, yesterday, and they, like, it had to have been so hard to film this stuff and not be laughing the entire time. Like, he is so freaking funny. Um, (laughs) God. But so at the very least, he got to he got to do that because imagine, I mean, this all imagine, you know, he's still with the WWE right now, kind of sitting at home, not really doing anything. And this happens like it's still equally as tragic and sad, 100 percent. But but we wouldn't even have like this to say where it's like, but he at least at the very least, he did get his chance before he died to like be what we all knew he could be. And I yeah. have I have full trust in AEW that they're going to let his memory live on forever. Like they'll either create a title form or a pay-per-view or a match or or a trophy or like they'll, they'll do something to where Brody Lee is brought up you know often on their show. So, and I saw someone on Twitter, I wish I had it in front of me, but uh, they said that the tagline for Dynamite should be "It's Wednesday." You know what that means? Like that would be perfect. Yeah. Like, that should literally be the like yeah. on every advertisement. That's the tagline for the show. It's Wednesday. You know what that means? AEW Dynamite. Like that would be so. Yeah, and yeah. I, my husband had this kind of like, <laughs> and this may be silly, but he was like, you know what they should do is they. They should have, they should, you know, Vince and Tony should let, once a year, let the wrestlers, you know, come together and do, like, a John Huber Memorial, like, show. 
And we could have all the AEW versus WWE dream matches that we wanted. The talent could book it themselves. He was like, 15 minute time limit. It goes to a draw, but they used to do what they want. Or something like that. He was like, you could have all these amazing dream matches. And, you know, no one is making the calls except for the wrestlers. Or something like that. And he was like, that would be sad. That would be really fun. That would be awesome. I'm I'm looking it up right now to see what the card was, but I remember like back in the day in like the nineties, they did a it was a Brian Hildebrand memorial show. It was he was Mark yeah. Mark Curtis who was a referee in WCW. I remember they did a show and I wish I could someone probably has like a link to the card. Um, but I think they did something similar to that where like I I I think I think at the time he was with WCW when he got sick and I think it was mostly WCW, but I want to say they also allowed like non WCW talent to be on that show. If I, if I remember correctly um, and someone can correct me on that, but it sounds a lot like that idea, which I think would be great. Like, you know, like if they would do like, just yeah, put the barriers down, let them, I mean, I'm, I'm a hundred percent for that. Like a scholarship fund for kids or like, a charity on, you know, their toys or something like that. Like, all the proceeds go somewhere. And, like, all the merch, we make merch for it, like, every year. That'd be awesome. And that would be so cool. Like, I, and obviously it's wishful thinking, but, I mean, it was, it was a cute idea. I was like, that would be fun. That would be a great way to remember him. But, I mean, you just, like, I had no idea. I had no idea how loved and respected he was. Because, you know, I'm not, wrestler so it's like well and he's the kind of guy that they were saying like didn't do any of that kind of stuff. like he like didn't party after the shows like he literally yeah, like he, he was- just went back to his family as, as fast as he could so like i mean well before i forget let me let me get to some of these su- we do have some super chats that i want to read out yeah, um yeah and um, as of right now, we've made for the family of, of John Huber and or whatever charity organization they wanted to send the money to. Um, we've made about $25 so far, which is awesome. If there's any way that we can get close to 100 that would be like absolutely incredible. Just like as like a, a little mini goal, like just for y'all. Mm-hmm. Like if, if we were get to get to 100 that'd be really, really cool to be able to donate to them. Um, we and, a whole week. and we we have a whole week. We got a whole week, yeah. and me and me and you, I'm sure, will pitch in as well. You know what I yeah. mean? But yeah. it's um, but yeah, it's one of those things where like this is this is for them. This is not for us. And like it'd be it'd be nice to give them a nice little amount. But whatever we can give is what we're gonna give uh, down to the penny. If we made one cent on the show, it would go to whoever they yeah, wanted man. us to send it to. I'm telling you, it's Penny Snow. Hey, hey, you know my mom's name was Penny. Did I ever tell you that? No, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So here are the Super Chats we have so far. Uh, First one came from Corey Hommel, a avid viewer of this show, big fan of what me and Jesse do here, and we're a big fan of you as well, Corey, and all the stuff that you send us on Twitter all the time. Good dude. He says, lots of love to you, Jesse, and he sent a $5 Super Chat, which we'll be donating. So thank you very much, Corey, and I don't know if there's anything you can really address off of that. Other than a thank you to Corey. Um, thank you, Corey. Yeah, I mean he, I he Corey has a very profound knowledge of professional wrestling, and a very um, fast like encyclopedia in the brain of like everything wrestling. And so I asked him like what match. Cause I'm sure he's followed him for his entire career. 
And he said that his most memorable match night, and I hope I'm right about this. If not, I'll correct myself um, later on, like next week. He he said his most memorable match was Tim Riley and took off the championship, which I thought was very, um, very interesting. I can't remember. I think he won it. I I think he won it from Dolph Ziggler. I know for sure they had a ladder what? match. They had they had a great ladder match where I believe Ziggler won it back. Um, and I think that was in 2014. Most of um his stuff as Luke Harper that in my opinion was the best. Um, was in 2014 because that was also the year that he had the the Wyatt family versus the Shield six man at elimination. Uh, we know at a not elimination chamber. Um, Extreme Rules, maybe it was. I can't remember the pay-per-view off the top of my head, but it was in 2014 for sure. Um, the first Wyatt's first Shields match. That was a really, really good yeah, match. Yeah, um, Oh, and I'll get to some more match recommendations here in a second. Um, Jobber JJ9, sorry, 496, um, dash, hashtag the distraction number one fan. This is a great dude. He's always retweeting stuff on Twitter, and he's a uh, mm-hmm. big fan of Fightful, so... Uh, shout out to Jobber there. He says, super chat for John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee and Luke Harper. Um, I only got to see his WWE and AEW work. I'm checking out the recommended matches that Steven gave me on the weekender. So, um, so yeah, I'll be talking about most of those again here on this show. Um, I did a match recommendations on my Fightful uh, podcast over the weekend. But once again, I'll tell you all those here in a second anyways. Um, so thank you, Jobber. And I'm glad I was able to recommend you some stuff that you're going to check out. And Marty D sent a donation through the dona- donation link that Jess just put in the um, in the chat just now. It says my fave match was when he faced John Cena in the U.S. Title Open Challenge. That's a good one that I forgot about. That is Thank- a good one. I totally forgot about that. Yes. Wow. Good one. Good one, Marty. Thank you for the ten dollars that we're going to be you know donating away. So thank you um, on behalf of whoever this winds up in the hands of. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess I'll I'll rattle out a couple matches that if y'all want to check out. Um, I would say some of his probably lesser known stuff would be his work in Chikara. I think a lot of people know he wrestled there, yeah. but I, I'd kind of pinpoint um, any match he had with Eddie Kingston. Um, I would say they were they were weren't they didn't they tag together or something? Yeah, they. So I'm not like, I mean, I'm not super. The thing with Chikara was it was very hard to follow back in these days. You had to, like, buy the DVDs off, like, High Spots or RF Video or whoever was selling. I can't remember who all was selling them at the time. Um, but, we yeah. Corey. Corey. Yeah, Corey would. And Eddie, Eddie Kingston used to wear, like, this, like, wear this, like, kind of businessman suit. And he was... And he he but Brody Lee looked like pretty much the same back then. It's pretty it's pretty wild uh, to go back and, and watch anything that they did together, uh, like, as a team or against each other. Um, but I would say that, um, I would say, so he had, and I said this on the weekender as well, but I was sworn, I didn't change the chip for that one. Thank you oh, for no. the, thank you for the super chat. <laughs> normally we don't get the, the donations through donation links. Normally they're through the super chats. So there's a shock master for you for, to light, to lighten the I mean, mood, to lighten the mood, to lighten the mood a little bit. Um, and uh, it's kind of fitting because so I was <laughs> I was sworn to secrecy about this like years ago and now it's just pub- public knowledge so it's fine. But um, a guy that a, uh, that another match I'd recommend would be Brody Lee versus Fire Ant from Chikara. And Fire Ant 
is now known as Orange Cassidy. So um, I, I was told years ago, like, I'm going to tell you who, the, who each member of the, the colony is. Because the, col- the colony, for those of you who don't know, Takara lore and history, it's like, it's literally, it's a, it's like a, what do you, what do you call it? A family of ants? Like, like they're a hive yeah. or whatever. Um, a colony. A colony. colony, exactly. So they were called the colony. Yeah. And uh, Fire Ant was Orange Cassidy. I believe Green Ant was uh, Tracy Williams. Uh, I can't remember which Ant Drew Gulak was, but he was one of them. Like you have like all these guys who are like great now as uh, as these ants in Shakara, which is just so funny. But um, when when Orange Cassidy was Fire Ant, he had a really good match with uh, with Brody Lee that I, I definitely shout out. Um, anything he did in Dragon Gate, I don't think he was there a super long time, um, but I know he did some stuff with like. Uh, I think he did some stuff with Moxley in Dragon Gate. I think he did some stuff with Rich Swan, if I remember correctly, in Dragon Gate. Um, uh, with Pac, I believe, in Dragon Gate. So he has. There was a lot of good people in Dragon Gate when he was when he was involved. Um, I would, as far as WWE matches, the any Shield versus Wyatt's match, um, any Intercontinental Championship match that we already mentioned uh, between Harper and Ziggler. Uh, his Worlds Collide match that he had a few years back against Dominic Dijakovic, who is now T-Bar. Um, they had a really good match on that like network special, Worlds Collide. And then as far as AEW, I would absolutely say the John Moxley AEW World title match, the, uh, the first TNT title match, if you want to watch him win the title in that squash with Cody, and then his last match ever, that dog collar match, I would... Uh, I would highly recommend all that stuff. And then, of course, any anything he did on Being the Elite, if you want to see how just hilarious yeah. of a human being he was. That, that's the first thing I thought of um, for you. Because you were like, Brody Lee is my favorite character on Being the Elite. He is hilarious. He is like... You always talk about how Brody Lee was like, he shined on Being the Elite. Yeah, really was, so... Yeah. And, and the thing is, too, like, he elevated those guys so much because... I mean, I know you remember when AEW started, everyone was just shitting all over the Dark Order, including us. I mean, like, it was bad yeah, when it started. <laughs> it was really bad when it started. And then when they pivoted, it went more comedy and, and brought in Brody Lee as the Exalted One. It turned the whole thing around to the point where, like, I was publicly talking about it often, like, like John Silver is, like, the MVP of being the elite. And, that, like, he, he was a guy that I was watching in, uh, I watched him wrestle for Beyond Wrestling. Uh, for a while, him and Alex Reynolds uh, were known as the Beaver Boys back then, and Beaver Boys. Yeah, Tim and Eric. Well, but that's yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess that that's probably that's where it came. I didn't even think about that, but that probably. is definitely where it came from. Um, and uh, and anyway, John Silver was really funny back then. Like he he had a match with Orange Cassidy and Beyond Wrestling that I thought was just incredible and stuff. This like mini feud that they had. Um, so I knew he was funny, but he hadn't really done anything in AEW until uh, he got this opportunity on being the elite. And now he's kind of like the, with Brody not there, I, I consider John Silver to kind of be like kind of the, the interim leader of the group right now, probably. Like, so we'll see. A, but the point is, like, he elevated the whole group to where, like, you know, obviously we all wish Brody was still here, of course. Yeah, but, obviously. but like, yeah, I think there's still. There, of course, they're going to be baby faces now. Like, there's no way people are going to boo them. Yeah. yeah. And I think the group's going to be. I mean, they're better with him, of course, but I think they're going to be okay without him. And the the only reason that's even possible is because of his involvement. Exactly. 
um, some more super chats that I don't want to miss here. Thank you all so much for these. We will make yeah, sure we will make sure these go to to where they're supposed to. Um, Ahmed donated the twenty dollars. That's what set off the the Shockmaster oh, wow. the Shockmaster super chat. Thank you so much, Ahmed. Uh, it says a loving father, a loving husband, a great personality, and a great entertainer. He will be missed. Beautifully said, Ahmed. Beautiful. Thank you, Ahmed. Yeah. We uh, we agree. 100% on that. NYC Diva Diva God, NYC Demon Diva. Why am I having such a hard time? Demon Diva. Isa. What's it called Isa? Isa. Roman's mommy. Mamacita. Yeah. Um Aww. I love Roman so much. Well, I love both of them, of course, but like, I love her and Roman. Well, it's way less it's way less creepy for me to be like all lovey-dovey on the yeah, dog, you know. True. <laughs> but uh by the way, Issa, I, um, I, and Jesse, this is for you too. Like, so I went to a different, th- th- like this sweatshirt here, for instance, I went to someone different to try to get the, cause I still want to get the whole point is I'm going to still try to get a Roman watching us on the stream hoodie made. So Charlotte loves that picture, by the way, that cracked her up. That's amazing. Cause it's the background of my computer still. Like I, yeah. it's. My, dog. Well, it's funny because my, like, I'll have friends over and stuff and they'll see, because, like, my computer's hooked up to my TV and my living room and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's the pictures up there a lot. And one of them came over and was like, is that a picture of Kirby? Because, like, that was my dog and when Aww. I was a kid. And, and I was like, no, dude, like, look at what he's watching. And he, he was like, whose dog is that? And I was like, dude, it's this girl that I know through through wrestling and she just has a dog that looks so much like the dog that I had as a kid. Like it's, and he acts the same too. He's a little, little diva. You know what I mean? So, yes. uh, yeah, I love it. But anyway, he's so, he's so, yes, big, though, that's what's so great about those Yorkies. They have those big mm-hmm. personalities where like, yeah, they're, they're like the most loving things, but like, if they don't know you, they will mm-hmm. motherfuck you until you leave the room. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. <laughs> My neighbors, in the neighborhood behind me growing up hated me so much because like so but my school cutoff from like elementary school and middle school was the difference of like one neighborhood over so i went to elementary school with like a different set of friends that i went to middle school with and when i get when i got to middle school i started meeting these kids and i and like a handful of them live in the neighborhood right behind me and i've never known them because we went to different schools and they came over like after school one day and Kirby's yapping and they're like, no, no, dude, you're the one with it. Like, that's your dog. Like this dog keeps us awake every morning. Every, like, this is the most annoying, like you're the one who has this dog. And I was just like, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, like, what are we like getting like, keep him from barking outside. You know? But it was so funny because they, they knew who my dog was before they knew me because they had heard him just yapping so much. Um, Anyways, and she says, Roman is mean to anyone but me. I try to tell people. See, I get it, though. I get it. Very protective. He would like me, though. He definitely liked me. Because um, I don't know how to treat him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love those old dogs. Issa says, I made Luke Harper break character by booing a baby-faced Dean Ambrose at an MSG house show. I was the only one booing. He laughed at my hate for Dean. That's great. That's awesome. That is so cool. That is amazing. Wonderful memory. Yes. It's like, for me, my memory is him throwing a chair at me on dynamite. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Be, I got to be there for the TNT uh, championship match, and I couldn't say anything. Remember, I wasn't allowed to like say anything for like ten days. Yeah. I couldn't say like what happened, and like I know for me that like six hours forever stick in my mind is like such a cool moment, and I bet but that is even cooler, Issa. That's so <laughs> funny. You got him to like react. That's a big deal. To get a wrestler to react takes effort. So that's freaking awesome. What a cool memory. Yes. I saw... I saw that there was, like... I can't remember the name, but it was, like, one of the old, like, ring crew or something, someone that worked with the WWE that put up some pictures, and he would, like, rib uh, Brody when he'd come to the ring because he knew when he'd... When he'd make his entrance... He'd always like put his hands on the ring steps, like before he'd come into the That's ring. Right, I saw and he said he'd put stuff like on the on the bottom of the pole so that people couldn't, no one else could see it but him. When he'd lean down, and he there'd be like these random messages there, which is just so, so funny. funny. Thank you so much, Ahmed. I really wish I would have changed the twenty dollar donation, Jeff. Like we never, yeah. we never get we we've got twenty dollars before through super chats, but we never really get it through the donation link. So thank you so much. Um, sorry that y'all getting the shockmaster. <laughs> Um, we needed that laugh let's be real yeah true um i'll read it out it says it was another 20 dollars thank you so much i think that brings us up to like 70 bucks we're only like 30 dollars away from the if if we exceed the 100 dollars, obviously that's even better but like for us to even be this close to 100 i am i'm ecstatic about it yeah awesome um ahmed says honestly thank you for this stream the only public figure i cried for is his passing. Uh, thank you. God bless you all. Thanks, Ahmed. Thank you. Yeah, and you know what? On Wednesdays, it's going to be hard for a lot of people, you know, me included, you included. I mean, a lot of us. Let's just, like, I know for me, I, I want to be there for people. And Issa, see you later. Bye, Issa. Thank you so much. Love you. You're so sweet. And, Give um, Roman all the treats for me. Yes. And, um, I just know that I'm not going to be like, I know for one, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to try my best. I don't even, I'm not going to do like video reactions. I don't think it's appropriate. I don't think, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't think this is right. So I'm not going to do that. I mean, unless I'm like, unless I'm like sobbing and I look silly or something, this is a laugh. But, um, yeah, I just, I do want to say that, you know, I'm going to try and be there for people. I'm going to try and be nice and positive and, I've been trying to do a lot more of that, like, the past couple of days. Just because I feel like, it's like we all need it. Like, I don't know. Well, you are a world-famous Twitter user in hoodie. So. Oh, my God. I saw that, and I saw that, and I was, like, I had to go, and I couldn't find it. I got to go back. I got to go retweet that. That was so funny. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I forgot that I tweeted. I, I, forgot that. I tweeted it, like, the next day. I completely forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I completely I forgot. He sent me in a text message, and it cracked me up. <laughs> Dude, Jesse, the Twitter user in hoodie. Yes. I almost responded like, like, but I didn't want to be a dick, you know, but I almost responded like, yes, same girl in hoodie, only wears hoodie. You know what I mean? Like, only wears hoodie. <laughs> only one hoodie. No, no wash. No wash. It's trusty. All... <laughs> it's growing things. It's her, its, own, her, her wall- its own greenhouse gas. Her Walmart yeah. wig has destroyed the... Yeah, the, the party city. <laughs> the party city wig. Yes. 
Crusty hoodie. Oh. Apparently, I tan. Oh yeah. I'm a wrinkly old lady that tans. Oh God, what else? Uh, oh man, there's so many that crack me up. Pregnant so AF, bro. Oh yeah, I'm super pregnant. Oh my God, so pregnant. <laughs> so funny. Well, uh, all right. Well, we're the mood's getting a little bit, a little bit less tense now, which is nice. Uh, yeah, we're trying our best to be positive and celebrate life and not be like sad. Yeah, it's super sad, obviously, but it's helped me to kind of talk about it honestly, just to kind of like voice yeah. voice my emotions and feelings. And I think that's important for a lot of people to realize too, because you know, you're feeling upset about this, or if any, anything in general, if anything in general upsets you, talk it out. You gotta, you gotta talk it out. It's, it's super important to voice it. Yeah. So, like, call a friend, call someone, talk to, uh, you know, someone, you know, find someone you know and trust on Twitter or whatever, and talk to them. Like, just do something. It's really important. It does really help. It does, and, and Marty D with some more help towards the Huber family and or organizations. Um, another ten dollar super chat. Thank you so much, Marty D twenty nine. Says second donation to help get to 100 to lighten the mood. Jesse Dabo or Davo, I'm not sure. Says hello. Or Dabo, I mean. Wait, who's Dabo? Dabo means the closest something. Oh, oh, gotcha. Um, well, Marty, thank you so much for the for the donation that we're gonna we'll definitely donate it uh, to the Huber oh, family. Yeah, and, and uh, that's that. I think brings us to about 80. I don't I don't have a running mm-hmm. count, but I think it's at 80. Um, so this is great. This is awesome. Even if, yeah. I mean, even if this was it, this is, this is pretty damn close to the 100. So, um, well, you know what? We still have rewards. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk a little more. So obviously thoughts are with Brody Lee, uh, John Huber, his family, his friends, his loved ones. I mean, we can't stress it enough. We could talk about that for the rest of the day. Um, and we, he will not be forgotten. We will continue to talk about Brody Lee and his memory, uh, forever. You know, we'll make sure to bring him up and, and talk about matches and stuff and, and memories and moments and being the elite. And we'll make sure to keep his memory alive because, you know, that's, that's the right thing to do. He deserves it. Um, but we got a little bit more show to go and this is going to give y'all a little more time. If you do have any um, donations or super chats that you want us to send to the Huber family and or any organizations that they want us to send that money to, um, feel free to do so while me and Jesse are doing our <clears throat> our best of 2020 awards. Um, if you want to chime in with a super chat or donation that is related to the awards, like you have, like for instance, we talk about our match of the year and you want your match of the year heard or you have any kind of question about anything we didn't answer obviously that money is still going to go to the same place so like even though we're not talking about brody at the moment anything throughout the whole show throughout the entire week i can't stress it enough the the donation link is going to be open all week and anything we make is going to to that organization or that family so um so what we're going to do me and jesse have one two three four five six seven i believe it's eight categories and we're going to switch off as far as one of us is going to pick one of our categories, give our winner. Um, feel free to mention some honorable mentions as well. And um, then, you know, we'll alternate and, 
you'll see how it works. It'll be fun. We'll have a good time talking about some of the some of the good moments. This has been a, like the worst fucking year of all time, right, guys and girls and, and anyone in between. Uh, any we don't discriminate based on uh, gender here. Whatever whatever you are or whatever you identify as, it has been a fucking son of a bitch of a year for everybody. Um, so we're gonna try to highlight some some good things that happened this year. Um, and, and try and try to end this year on a positive note. On the last the last podcast uh, of me and Jesse's. Oh my God. Of, of 2020 <laughs> so this will probably be the last podcast i do period for the year so take a few Ooh. days off um so i'll go first just to get it going and okay, yeah. i'm gonna go with there's a lot of tough ones because i have some honorable mentions for most of them i'm gonna go with one that we might we may have some overlap in some of these answers which is totally mm-hmm. fine as well um we'll try to recognize as much as we can I'll start off with breakout wrestler of the year. And okay. I, I had I have one for this too. I feel like ours is gonna be the same. So there was a few that I could have went with. The one that I so this person I'd been a fan of for a few years. I brought him up earlier on the show. Um, he's somebody that I was really rallying for and really hoping would be a part of AEW, and he is. And not only is he a big part of AEW, he's one of the main stars of AEW now. And he is freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. That is my pick for breakout wrestler of the year. Once again, he was very well known on the indies for a long time, but on the mainstream and the companies that we mainly talk about here, AEW, WWE, and a little Impact Wrestling, um, I got to say Orange Cassidy has made the biggest impact, uh, being somebody that was pretty much unknown at a mainstream level and now uh, considered to be one of the top stars of AEW. So I've got Orange Cassidy. What about you, Jesse? Well, I completely agree about Orange Cassidy. Mine's a little unorthodox, I would say. Um, it could have, if this was official, it would probably cause controversy. But my breakout wrestler of the year is Pat Maxey. I like that. I like that choice. I just, the fact that he wasn't even like a wrestler, he just like got drunk one night and ordered a wrestling ring. <laughs> yeah. And then decided to start training, and everybody was goofing on him being in NXT. Everyone was goofing on him, like, this shouldn't be a match. And he goes out there, and he becomes, like, one of the best people on the mic, one of the best heels, is great in the ring, and, like, you know, it just almost proved me wrong. That's for dang sure. So, Same. But Orange Cassidy is definitely, um, if you were to go by, like, people who are actually wrestlers, to begin with, to begin 2020. Um, I'm going to make a guess now it's tough it's tough to make predictions for 2021 on some of these categories because how how am I going to know who's going to break out like next year you know what I mean like there's going to be so many people that once again Mm -hmm. that I that I know about and others know about from like the indies but like in the mainstream who's going to be that next big uh, kind of star from the indies that is going to go from pretty much unknown at the mainstream level to a potential main event level uh, guy or girl. I'm going to say, and this is a tough one because like I'm so locked in on the indies, I could I could I could bring up you know 50 people as as a potential, but my choice is going to be Mance Warner, and I think that Mance uh-huh. Warner. I think in regard it does, and the main reason I go with him is because I don't think it matters where he signs. Whether it be 
AEW, Impact, WWE, wherever he winds up going. Um, I know there's a lot of interest out there, and he may even be signed right now, and I just don't know. Um, But I think that he, no matter where he goes, he will be, it won't be very long before he is in, like, a main event title mix, because he... He has like a really unique character. He's really good in the ring. He's great on the mic. He'll do any kind of match, whether it be like a technical match or like a ridiculous death match. I mean, he'll do everything. Um, and he just has really good presence about himself. Had a great run in MLW. Um, and that ended kind of weird. I'm not sure what went on with the way he left. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> all that being said, I think that uh, I'm a big fan of Mance. Um, I have been for a few years now. And... I think he's he's the most ready right now of anyone in the Indies to like make a really big impact. Uh, no pun intended if he winds up in impact, <laughs> but uh, but I think he's I think he's gonna do great in AEW, NXT, or um, wherever he winds up. Uh, mm-hmm. Wherever he winds up signing, I see him being a big deal next year. So I'm gonna go with Vance Warner. What about you? That's tough for me. Um, I'm not as locked in on the Indies as you are, but like personal preference, I like Danhausen. I, okay. I, but it's a very difficult character to like see. Like, wouldn't even get over. Like, on like a definitely women's under really. I think AEW would be the best place. But um, like I'd like to see Warhorse come back to AEW as well. Um, and someone in the chat, Mr. Jackson said John Silver. While well, he's signed, I think that he may have a breakout year. I mean, he started kind of already started to kind of make his way kind of make his name for make a name for himself already so it would be and with obviously everything that's been going on yeah that's cool i just saw the pin <laughs> oh you see oh you're watching the the live yeah, on, on off youtube i was like well, are you that delayed i was no i was watching the i was watching the thing and not my my live feed i got you <laughs> yeah yeah but he's got like you know he has like a really like niche following and it's like a really strong following so I don't know it's fun but John Silver would be definitely an interesting um an interesting one and I feel like it'd be kind of cool to see him kind of finally get to shine yeah there's a lot of potential everyone there's a lot of people with a lot of potential there really is oh, yeah, there's a lot I can talk about I mean like just a couple honorable mentions I'll throw out there um like like, last year, if we were doing these awards, I would have said Kurt Stallion, who's now doing great things in 205 Live. Um, I'd say, like, this, like, right now, I mean, guys that are ready, like, right now, and girls, like, Alley Cat's ready, um, Matthew Justice is ready, AJ Gray's ready, um, Joshua Bishop, I think, is going to be the biggest star of all of them eventually, but I think he's going to take just a little bit longer. He's just so young, um... But when his time comes, I think Joshua Bishop, Joshua Bishop, I think has the most star potential of anyone on the Indies right now. Like, but it's going to be, like I said, he's just, I mean, he's like 20. I mean, it's just like when he's like 20, 21, 22, 23, something like that. Like, and he gets a big opportunity. He's going to knock it out of the park. Um, there's a lot of, but there's so much damn talent right now. I love Brad Eisen. Um, don't know if he'll yeah. ever, don't know if he'll ever sign anywhere, but. Um, he's, he's always going to be one of my guys, uh, being from Nashville and, and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's so many I can talk about. A, A, AC Mac is great. So there's, I mean, yeah, I can go on and on about that, but, um, you're up next. What, what, uh, category you want to go with next, Jesse? Let's go with, 
comeback wrestler. Um, obviously, for me, I feel like the biggest one is Roman Reigns. Like, no question. Like, not really. He didn't really like. I guess he did come back. Was that this year? I don't know. That was this year, wasn't it? Roman Reigns, like for a comeback. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, he came back this year, right? Well, yeah. If you're if you're counting like him taking the time off for for COVID. Just the whole, yeah, just the whole, like, you know, he was, you know, this big baby face that no one wanted to be a baby face. And he, come, he takes his break because, you know, COVID happened and, you know, he's obviously wanted to, like, be safe. He comes back and he just becomes the biggest and most monster heel. That's you know, badass. It kind of, like, goes into my most interesting storyline as well for 2020. I know we're kind of doing this one by one, but it's kind of a, for me, one and one. Um, I'm just, I'm so happy with what they've done with Roman Reigns. I'm, I'm very, very pleased. And I give, who well, I guess it's Paul Heyman and, you know, Roman Reigns on the crap in the world for really going with that story. I'm sticking with the whole head of the table. I'm absolutely loving it. It's the most interesting thing in WWE right now. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying the whole of it. I couldn't agree more. I, I, we talked about it a lot. I love the current Roman Reigns character. Um, cool King, I know you're new to the chat, um, like, right now um and there's probably others that have trickled in uh, just so y'all know just so no one misses out um any donations or super chats that y'all want to send throughout this we're sending to the family of john huber and or any organization that their family wants us to send the money to so um if there's anyone who's come in since we started doing the awards portion of this <coughs> just know that all of your money is going to be going to to their cause so i just want y'all to know that um, we have a goal of a hundred dollars. We're at eighty right now, so we're getting we're, we're really really close. So really happy with with where we're at. Um, so for yeah for comeback wrestler, you've got Roman Reigns. I like that a lot. I think that's a great choice. Um, as far as like actually wrestlers who have like come back and like been in the ring and wrestled, I I got it. Going along those lines, I I agree. Um, my choice though is Sting because. Because, because he, I mean, he hasn't wrestled yet, but his just him coming back, the amount of buzz that that created, like the fact that they almost had a million viewers the next week on Dynamite, and a lot of it was because Sting was going to be speaking for the first time on TNT in close to twenty years and stuff. So, um, I think Roman Reigns is is probably the best pick um, by the logic that he used. I think that it is the best pick. Um, and I'm going to put Sting out there as well as uh, as somebody who, like, he was completely gone from wrestling for the last couple of years, and now he's, and I imagine he will wrestle in 2021, so we'll see what happens there. Um, and I wanted to honorable mention Eddie Kingston, um, even though he yes. is, he, yes. he, the, the only reason I didn't go with him is because he was, he never, like, he was never really gone. Like, it just kind of depends on how you look at it, because He'd been on the indies for like forever, but then he'd had runs in Impact Wrestling and, and the NWA and stuff like that, but he had never had like a big... So he was almost like my breakout wrestler too, to a degree, where it's like his his level of star has has skyrocketed since he joined AEW. And um, for a lot of people who may not know, that opportunity started because he was... Uh, he had just beat Brett Eisen in a match at ICW No Holds Barred in a in a literal backyard wrestling match, and then called out Cody after the match on the microphone, and 
that's what led to him joining AEW and and all the stuff that's happened there there so yeah yeah um would you have any prediction for who like who we could see next year someone who's like hasn't been around for a while or something or maybe been injured that you think uh 2021 could have a big year uh Bert Baker I mean she's kind of already back uh Chris Gatlander it's a good one uh, I'm trying to think <clears throat> who's hurt who's hurt right now that I'm uh Samoa Joe I miss Samoa Joe that could be a good one too if he came back into the ring. He can he can come back, yeah. Um, uh, and Becky Lynch maybe. I don't know. She may just want to be a mom for a while and make a little pressure on her. Um, <clears throat> that's a good I, that's a good choice though too. Like if she comes yeah. back next year, that could be that could be big. Yeah, I um, I feel like male. So there's a lot of females that are. Um, uh, what do you think? What do you think? So my pick is way more like unlikely, um, uh-huh. but what I'd like to see. <laughs> who do you think? I'm feeling CM Punk. No, that's a good. That's oh. a really good one, though. That's that's probably the best choice, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, so yeah. this one I'm choosing because he hasn't wrestled in a long time, but he did a video not that long ago, and he looks like he's in great shape, and he's still killing it on the mic. And now we got all this Impact and AEW crossover, and I think Impact Wrestling could use some of their originals. I would love to see the return of the alpha male, Monty Brown. That's what I want to oh, see. Oh, that's he, a good one. Like I said, he cut that one promo for Lance Archer before uh, Dynamite, before he wrestled Moxley, and like he's still <laughs> he's still got it on the mic. He still looks great. Like everyone wants to see it. I think he's Chandra Saps like number one bucket list interview at this point or we're close oh, to really? it yeah i mean monty brown for anyone who was watching tna back in the early 2000s monty brown was the man like yeah and then his run as marcus corvon and wwecw didn't really pan out to anything that was a whole weird situation in itself but um but i mean i would just i would love to see monty brown go on like a the kind of run that pco went on on the indies a few years ago before he uh, signed yeah. with ring of honor that would be yeah, I would, uh, or I shouldn't even say before he signed with Ring of Honor. He's been the Ring of Honor champion since joining the company. Like, he's, PCO's done well. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see Monty Brown come back. I think it'd be great. Uh, Mr. Jacko says the pounce. Period. That's right. <laughs> Monty Brown, baby. All right. Um, I'm up next. I think we should save female and male wrestler of the year for the last two. Um, okay. I'll go with, I'll go with tag team of the year. Okay. Yeah. This is cause I'm conflicted. So there's a lot of good tag team wrestling this year. Um, this is a tough one. There's a lot of honorable mentions. I won't say any of them until you give your pick. Um, I'm going to go with the North Josh Alexander and Ethan page. Oh, and they, <laughs> are my first nomination that primarily works in impact wrestling. Yeah. And they, uh, they're a great team and they're great singles wrestlers. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Ethan page because he's about to enter free agency. I know there's serious interest from multiple companies. Um, and it wouldn't be surprising to see him stay because now like impact and AW have that relationship, but he's also the kind of guy who I think WWE He's he's also made for the WWE. Like he he would work in any yeah. company. So, 
Um, I'd like to see the North stick around as a team longer, but they're they're definitely teasing the split right now on Impact TV. So this might be the end of the team for a while, but on top of their great stuff they did in Impact Wrestling, uh, they came into the year as the Impact Wrestling champions. Uh, they had held the belts for over a year. They lost to the Motor City Machine Guns, then regained the belt before losing them back to the losing them to the Good Brothers um, uh, just a few weeks ago, and uh, and they did a lot of good stuff on the Indies too that a lot of people probably didn't uh, know too much about. But they wrestled as singles and as a tag team uh, throughout the year in various independent companies as well. So I'm going to say that the North, Josh Alexander and Ethan Page, are my tag team of the year. Who do you have? I like that one because it's different. I'm boring. I was going to go with Kenny Omega and Adam Page. They were my. They were literally my number one yeah. honorable mention. Like that was the closest yeah. one to to the North for me was that team. Just that they, I, they had. I mean, they had basically they had match of the year for me. Um, so, like for like tag team match of the year, they definitely had that. They were just so. The whole dynamic, because we there was so much tension the entire time they were ta- they were casting partners. Like we knew that eventually one was going to turn on the other, and it was always a question of who's going to turn on who, when, when's it going to happen, what's going to happen, how are they going to split up? And every single time they were in a match, like, is this going to be? Is this going to be the, the the time that they finally you know split up? And no, but they would come together and they would you know win and. Now, obviously, they've kind of split it, but it's just, it's such a beautiful tag team when both the wrestlers can benefit from being in a tag team, but then even benefit more from the split. Like, yeah. it's, it's super rare to see. And so that's, and their matches were so fun. You know, I, <clears throat> I had a, I had a good old time, a good old time watching them matches, so. Yeah, they okay. had they had a, a run of some of the best back to back to back to back to back tag team matches. Like, of you could put their run against like any team ever, as far as like for the amount of time <clears throat> that they had that run. Like, you take that one year or whatever. I'd put that one year against like any other tag right. team ever. I mean, that was, I mean, it was really close between them and the North for me, and uh, and they had probably what, what your favorite tag, tag team match. Was the Young Bucks versus Omega and Hangman? That revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was. If we were doing a tag team, well, I shouldn't say that because the match of the year could be any type of match. Um, But that was one of the best tag team matches I've I've seen. It was really, really, really well done. Um, As far as as far as next year, my prediction. Once again, this is tough to know, but. I'm going to say the Young Bucks carry on the momentum from this year and next year. Um, them and Kenny both have really, really big years, all three of them. Um, whether, Absolutely. You know, whether the Young Bucks hold on to those titles the whole time or they drop them and, and win them back or whatever whatever winds up happening, I think 2021 will be like the the tag team division, I think, will mainly focus around the Young Bucks next year is my, is my gut feeling, so I'm going to go with them. Yeah, same. I feel like, you know, even right now, when the young bucks have a match with anyone, I know it's going to be good. And yeah, so I mean they're 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 a reliable attack, so they they can make they can put any team over really. I mean, look at Top Flight. I mean, Top Flight came out and they had a big river match with them, and they got signed. So yep, yeah, no question. 
Top Flight could very well be the breakout wrestlers of the year next year as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're yes. they're they're fantastic. They um, are very talented. So young. Yeah, yeah, like twenty and twenty one or twenty and nineteen or something like that. Like, like yeah, they can't even like buy alcohol. <laughs> so wild to think about. But right. hell yeah. Hell yeah, good stuff. AW's tag team division is just phenomenal right now. Um all right, Jesse, next uh, category. Uh You want to be like most interesting storyline? I kind of already said that. It's, you know, the whole Roman Reigns side of the table thing for me. Also, I mean, I guess an honorable mention would be Kenny Omega and Adam Page. They're kind of mystery bickering, like before the big reveals. Like that whole tease the entire time was really fun. It was really fun to speculate how the turn was going to happen, what was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. You didn't know how. But I have to put the spotlight on Roman Reigns because it's still very intriguing even to this day and it's it's such a and it's probably because it's like the only thing carrying WWE for me right now. Same, sure. The only thing that's keeping me like really invested and interesting and it happens to be Roman Reigns which is what told me at WrestleMania 33 that you know in what how many years? Three years. But Roman Reigns will be the one guy keeping me watching WWE. Like, Get out of here. <laughs> right. Whatever. Like, f off. <laughs> so I, I, it's, it's compelling television and it's freaking amazing. And cross WWE, man, because that it's a fun storyline. I couldn't agree more. My winner is also Roman Reigns, his heel turn, that whole story with uh, the oh, head of the table family. That's number one uh, for me. If if it would have happened a little bit earlier in the year, the only other thing is it's along the same lines as kind of what you were talking about with Omega and Hangman. Um, but more particularly, if this would have uh, the AEW versus Impact story, I think is going to be really really good. But it hasn't really it started, but it hasn't really I think hit how it's going to. Like it's it's we're kind of building up. That could be next year. Yeah, I think next year we're talking about literally the same two things. I think, like, my prediction for next year like that, it would be the same where I think the Roman Reigns story continues. I'd like to see him beat The Rock and beat all beat Brock Lesnar and beat anyone else, uh, Goldberg, all these people. Um, and I also want to see the AEW Impact uh, story uh, really. And even like I talked about on previous episodes, hopefully other companies maybe get involved in that too. I think that could be a, just an amazing kind of a... It's like they're putting together, like, a... I'm not really big into the superhero movies, but like the, like the whole like Marvel universe and stuff. Like it's kind of like yeah. that where you have like all your different yeah. teams of, of wrestlers and different companies, and like that could make for just such a really really cool story. So I think we're both in agreement there. Next year we're probably talking about the same two stories, um, as the, as the storyline of the year. Definitely. So that leaves. I'll do a show of the year next. This was tough. Um. This is really tough. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this one. Yeah, this is tough. Because, I, yeah. Because there's kind of like the COVID era and then the non-COVID era, which is like a month. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, let me pull up the card real quick for what I've, what I've chosen. So, there's, there's... I'll give my honorable mentions after you do. Um, after you do yours. Um, but... It, it it came down between like a few different shows for me, 
And the show that I went with, um, we actually just mentioned, and a lot of it had to do with this match. Mm-hmm. And it, it was that, that tag team match between Hangman and Omega and the Young Bucks. Um, and the whole rest of the show was really good outside of, in my opinion, one match. Um, so my, my show of the year is AEW's Revolution. Um, it featured on the the main card, we had uh, Jake Hager over Dustin Rhodes. We had Darby Allen over Sammy Guevara. Omega and Hangman over the Young Bucks. Nyla Rose over Statlander. That was the only match that I didn't like. And I'm a really big fan of I'm a really big fan of Statlander. I just think the two of them just didn't work well together. Um, we had MJ or something. Yeah, supposedly. I I just yeah. but it just yeah. But so did Jordan. You know what I mean. <laughs> 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 um, and then we had uh, we had MJF uh, defeating Cody. We had Pac defeating Orange Cassidy, and we had John Moxley winning the AEW title from Chris Jericho. I thought it was a really good show. Um, so yeah. I went with AEW's Revolution. What about you, Jess? Uh, I agree. I think Revolution was probably the best show of the year, other than um, Wrestle Kingdom 14. That was great, too. I, I have not watched the full season yet, but I don't like that. It's just a long thing, you know? Well, and it's two uh, nights. So it's like yeah. two shows. Although WrestleMania was two, and you could have counted yeah, that. To be fair, but it, but I would say for like the one night, one show, without a doubt, uh, Revolution was fantastic. I think that was the one where I like watched it again, and I don't ever like do that. So um, it was really good. I think I've I, I watched that tag team match like three times, which is something I don't usually go back and do unless it's really good. It was such a good match. Like what I what I like about what AEW is doing also is they're not relying so much on like specific moves to finish matches. Because like in that match, I'll never forget how the end came when Hangman like a lot a lot of things happened at the end, and then but like the final thing was Hangman hitting a uh uh what the buckshot lariat. And getting the pin, and like mm-hmm. it wasn't a double team move. It was just like it was just really, really well done. Same with the Young Bucks and uh, FTR, which was a good yeah. match, great match as well. Where like a super kick ended it. It wasn't like a crazy, like you know, more bang for your buck or a, or a Meltzer driver or anything like that. It was like they beat each other down so bad. There was good storytelling. Matt got his shoe taken off. He kicked uh, uh, yeah. Dash in the face, and it was that was it. You know, it was like so. I like how they put all that together. My uh, my honorable mentions for show of the year. Um, I really liked AEW's Winter Is Coming. That the free Dynamite show. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that I thought. Was, yeah, I mean that was that was awesome. Um, Sting's debut and and everything that happened on that show. The best television show of the year. Yes. Yeah. I I agree a hundred percent. And then another honorable mention I want to throw out there is NXT Takeover Thirty, which I thought was a really good show. Um, the yeah, main that was really good. Yeah, the main card we had Finn Balor over Timothy Thatcher, um, Damian Priest over Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Velveteen, uh, and Johnny Gargano in a ladder match for the NXT North American Championship. That was also the show with the match we talked about before, Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee, which um, exceeded all expectations from everybody. Oh, God. Um, Io Shirai. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, Io Shirai over Dakota Kai and Karrion Cross winning the... NXT Championship from Keith Lee, so um, that was yeah. that was really close to my show of the year. But you know, I, I think I, I think Revolution was just 
it was just a better show with you know and the in that that tag team match we keep talking about omega and hangman versus the young bucks like if i have to put two shows together and i'll, I'll take that match and that's what really puts it over the top for me so yeah um so next up um i guess we're down to match of the year um next jesse if you want to start that off okay so obviously you know that tag team match was really 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 good i also did really like uh this is kind of like my honorable mention i really did quite enjoy the i quit match between eddie kingston and john moxley i thought that was a really fun match um i will say my favorite female match of the year was sasha and bailey and hell so that was a really really good match yeah so really like well done female. yeah it was fantastic another um Another match that I really enjoyed that isn't like two people was uh, Best Friends versus Santana and Ortiz in the parking lot match. Yeah. That was like a, that was who it was, right? That, that yeah. was like a really Parking really, really lot good fight. Match. Parking lot fight yeah. is what they called it. Yeah. Um, that was super fun. But I really, really enjoyed Okada versus Ibushi and Wrestle Kingdom 14 Night One. Like that was probably it may have to and this is super petty of me and it made it be that okada's entrance was so freaking cool okada had the coolest entrance it like blew my mind that i was so tripped out like that match was so good i don't know i was just like it was something that like made me actually like subscribe to new japan world like instead of like buying it like when i bought it on fight TV, I actually ended up just subscribing to New Japan World. Like, well, yeah, New Japan World's way cheaper too for anyone listening. Yeah, it's you like pay ten, 10 bucks a month. yeah, ten bucks like the WWE Network. Whereas Fight, I mean, I love Fight TV, but like I think you had to pay like thirty, fifty bucks or something for like the shows through them, whatever it was. Yeah. So. so if we're going by like strictly like an individual match, that's my match of the year for me. I <coughs> and maybe that's just because I don't want to be like boring and be like AEW or WWE or whatever. But it was really definitely, and it was early in the year, so it was like kind of hard. I like forgot that that happened here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was freaking awesome. So that was my match of the year. So if I'm picking a a match of the year that for a company that we don't really discuss much, um, I like just I would say like my probably my favorite match of the entire year. Well, there's a few of them because there's some on the indies, but we don't really cover that too much here. Um, I left that more to like uh, the weekender and stuff. Um, but I also, I mean, this was my match of the year for the for the weekender, and I I covered my favorite stuff from the indies there too. So if you want to check that out, that's in the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. As far as the stuff that me and Jesse normally talking about, um, I'll, I'll just I'll throw this out there. I think Walter versus Dragunov was the best match of the whole year. It was in NXT UK. Oh yeah. Um. That's a good one. I forgot about that one. Yeah. So, I, but but my choice isn't going to be that because we don't really talk about NXT UK too much on the show. Um, and you actually brought this one up. My and this is one that is un, kind of unconventional, and people probably wouldn't expect me to say this as my my favorite match of the whole year. If we're, if we're talking WWE, AEW, and Impact, I'm going with Best Friends versus Santana Ortiz in the parking lot in the parking yes. lot fight. I thought that match That's was awesome. uh, yeah, it was incredible. Like. I I'll had watch that one again. Yeah, I, I had so much fun watching that match. Like from start to finish, all action, 
All the bumps were cool. The finish was great. Orange Cassidy popping out made uh, the trunk you know when all Sue made sense. Gave the middle finger? Yes, yeah, Sue gave the middle finger. Yeah. yeah, when they were driving away in the Indeed, minivan, man. like Trent's bleeding all over her car and all over her van, and um, yeah, that was my favorite match of the year as far as like you know the stuff that we normally talk about. I would definitely say, I, I mean. From, I mean, a better technical match would be Omega, Hangman, and the Young Bucks. But as far as how I felt as a fan sitting back and just enjoying what I was watching, just enjoying the show, because I also think the Best Friends winning was the right move for the story and, like, everything yeah. everything worked. And it was easily the best, um, like, parking lot-type brawl match fight or whatever that I've ever seen in wrestling, like usually those are really bad and corny. Like this was done really, really well in my opinion. So, um, do you have any, obviously we can't know who the best match of next year is going to be, but do you have any matchups in mind that we could see next year that you think have potential to, to be the best of the year? Obviously this is like dream booking, but, um, obviously you have impact. You can do like a little bullet club, like kind of deal there. That would be fun. Kind of a matchup. That would be fun. Um, I don't know. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that I would want to see next year. I have three good singles oh. matches that I could throw out there. Okay. Um, these are three that I think are all totally possible. So this isn't like super ridiculous fantasy booking. I think these are all possibilities. Oh, Cody. Sting with Cody. That's the one. I don't really want to see Sting wrestle, but. I really want to see Sting wrestle. We we vary a lot on that, but I but I but but I, I but I but I think but I think Sting ver- and well, here's the here's the caveat. I don't know if I brought this up on the show or not, but I got to keep it real. This is the caveat. Okay. If Sting is wrestling in a T-shirt, I do not want to see him in the ring. We need oh. to see because there are two different versions of Sting. Sting mm-hmm. in the T-shirt is a little is that suspect. That's like, all right, man, you're too old to pop that shirt off. Like, come on, bro. Like, you you got to get in better shape. So the thing with Jericho though is that's partly part of it is like, who gives a fuck at this point? Is Chris Jericho? He's yeah. already like goat status, but yeah. <laughs> but he purposely made himself bigger when he went to New Japan. Like people seem to forget that. Like he yeah. because him in Japan, he's a in in the United States, he's like an average sized guy. In Japan, he's huge. You know what I mean? Like, that's why he did that. What's that? He's a ginormous. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but I like that. I like that idea a lot. I, that's a good one. Stinging, uh, stinging Cody. I think these three matches could definitely happen. Uh, pretty obvious one that I think a lot of people are speculating. Roman Reigns versus The Rock. I think that could be really, really good. Oh, um, yeah. If, if it happens. I, that That's awesome. Um, another one that I think for sure will happen, and I think it's it'll be the end of Omega's title reign. I think at the end of the year we get Hangman and Omega, and that's where Hangman wins the belt. Um, so I'm going to say that happens in like November or December of it'll be like towards the end of the year. I think is when we see Hangman uh, beat Omega for that title, and I think that potentially could be the match of the year. And then one that I think has been slowly brewing for a while, and it'll happen sooner than later, depending on the outcome of a match that's happening in like a week or so. But I think that if Kyle O'Reilly wins the NXT championship from Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole could be match of the year. If they go, Yo, that could be so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those would be my three hangman versus Omega rock versus Roman and O'Reilly versus Cole would be my three. that oh, I would say. Yeah. 
here's a complete fantasy booking that I've brought up that's kind of silly. I would like to see, like I said, the Undisputed Era get all the gold again and then have the Hurtsers with all the gold on the main roster and have them have a big match. That would be really fun. Have who who on the main roster? You, you were kind of muffled for a second. Oh, hurt business. Oh, that yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I would love to see that. That would be so fun. So yeah, I would, I would love that. Random, random, booking. I, I'm I am all for it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Right. Second to last category here, we got female wrestler of the year. Now, part of this, like, I didn't want to make everything like gender specific because a lot of it, like could be either gender, right? Like match of the year could be either breakout could be either storyline could be either, but I wanted to make a female wrestler of the year category. And this, by the way, isn't to discriminate against anyone that's trans or identifies any other way. It's just, obviously there's just not a whole, there's not a lot, just be honest. There's not a, a big pool to choose from outside of male and female. You know what I mean? They're just, there just isn't so yeah and we want to recognize uh some some of the great work that these these females did this year because there was a lot of it um my choice for female wrestler of the year it is on yeah it's on me first um so this one's another one for impact wrestling my girl jordan grace talk about her all the time Um, she came she came into the year um pretty deep into the year about halfway through the year give or take as the Impact Knockouts Champion. She lost the belt to Deanna Perrazzo at Slammiversary. And what me and Sean Rossap did the uh, post show for, for that on Fightful. And we both agreed that that was probably the best match of the whole night was the two of them. And that was a really good show. So that was saying a lot. Like uh, Jordan and, and uh, Deanna showed out big time. Then they had a great rematch in an Iron Man match. They actually called it an Iron Man match, not an Iron Woman match for some reason. I don't know. But... It was a 30-minute Iron Man match on uh, on Impact, and that was really good. And Perrazzo retained the title there. And Jordan has been at the t- towards the top of the division all year. She's currently in a tag team with with Jazz, you know, legend female wrestler, one of one of my favorites of all time, going back to her days in ECW. Um, and it looks like that we'll get Jordan Grace versus Jazz at some point too, which I think will be a really great clash of kind of generations. Uh, you know, two strong women who who kind of favor each other in certain ways. I think that that'd be really, really good. Um, so uh, I'm going with Jordan Grace, and there's and I'll we'll talk honorable mentions after you give yours. But uh, but yeah, I think Jordan had a really good year, and I think that she's only gonna get more. Uh, she's only gonna get. I don't want, I don't want to say better because she's already very, very, very good, but she'll. Her, she's only going to become a bigger star next year because of the association. I, I have to imagine she'll be heavily featured oh, throughout geez. this impact in AEW thing. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I got Jordan Grace. How about you? Well, mine's a little bit unconventional. I have to say Lana. I'm just kidding. Oh my God. I was about to like stop the stream and walk out of my room. Oh my God. I was about to lose it. I'm going to have to clip that because like, uh, luckily you can't see cause like my, shades and stuff on but like <laughs> but like my face like i'm like i'm looking at the replay right now to see oh if oh, hold on hold on let me see it's a lot of yeah i just kind of stopped for a second so like, i have to say lana and i'm like <laughs> oh my hey that's okay if y'all are fans of lana that's totally fine you can be oh. fans of whoever you want um and I, no I, I, no disrespect to her as a human being. 
I we me and Jesse have talked about it at length of uh, our our thoughts. I have on a personal the, like actual. I've had a personal interaction and mutual respect with Lana. So and with CJ Perry. So like, I just wanted to see what he would do. Yeah, that was almost the end of this whole show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, who do you who do you choose? Um, I think Jordan Grace is a great one because a I really like she's a powerhouse and she's not like you know a stereotypical um like knockout diva kind of person and i really like her i think she's a great person like outside of the ring as well um but for me since i don't really watch impact i don't think it's fair for me to um pick her so i'm gonna go with sasha banks i think for, for multiple reasons because she brings her A game with every match. She she had like my favorite female match of the year. She is such a force to be reckoned with. She's got a great attitude. She sells amazing. She puts her body on the line for all of these matches. She like I mean not even just talking about this year, but just like in general, she's really been on the forefront of this like women's revolution. When she was like, like tag a- team champions most of the yeah. year too, like with yeah, with right. Bailey. That's right. That stuff was great too, and like the trolling that they do on, on the social media was really funny when they were knocking some certain person, and that was really great. I appreciated that, and like being on the floor crying and all that. That was really funny, and um, I just and I I think it's also important to note like the whole Mandalorian thing. Like even though it's not part of wrestling, I feel like that. Is a big deal because you know you look at what like The Rock and John Cena are doing, and you see all these you know those two guys are like these huge, super ultra like Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a billionaire, I think. Isn't he a billionaire? Yeah, I'd imagine. I, I don't know and, for sure, but I, I like, it would not be surprising. WWE needs, especially now more than ever, that kind of cross culture kind of yeah. referencing happening and. If it gets more eyes on WWE, the product, because she was in the Mandalorian, and maybe people want to see, you know, what she's all about outside of the Mandalorian. I mean, more power to her. And I think, yeah, it's not wrestling, but it's a really big deal, and it's a big part of it, and it's helping get more eyes on professional wrestling. So, Sasha Banks. Yeah, I like that. That that was actually like my number one honorable mention with Sasha. Uh, Gianna Perazzo was on there as well for this pretty much the same exact reasons I just said about Jordan Grace. Um, it was pretty much a coin toss between the two of them for me. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anyone else that would really stuck out. Ali Cat on the Indies has been doing really good stuff. She has been for a while. I like her a lot. This would be like the female like breakout star. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, really good. There was really good wrestling this year, um, on the women's side and, and there's, um, and even if you get it, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of intergender wrestling. I've talked about that plenty, but like, there are some women that I think do it really good. And I think Jordan Grace is one of them and there, there's definitely others. And so I don't even want to like, just say female wrestler of the year because they only wrestled women. Like Jordan Grace wrestled men as well. And like, it was really, really good. And that's also part of what weighed on my decision is she can work well with anybody regardless of their gender which i think is very important yeah not necessarily important but you know what i mean like it makes you way more versatile there's way more you can do with with someone like that um so um as far as next year 
once again, this is very hard to choose now. Who I've who I've picked may not be a popular decision at the time of me saying this, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep it real. Like I think next year Tessa Blanchard comes back. I don't I don't know if it's in AEW or WWE, and I think wherever she lands, she's a massive star. She's her talent. She's just too talented to not be. I mean, if she if she continues a trend of some of the things that have gotten her into hot water up to this point, I think. She, I think she's entering any. I think she's entering any. She is entering any situation she winds up in already on thin ice. So, so I think as long as she keeps her ducks in a row, she she doesn't cause any issues with whatever company she's with or the people that she works with or anything like that. Um, which is, I hate that I even have to preface this, but it's just like there is that history there that I have to at least be conscious of when I, when I say this stuff, but like mm-hmm. as far as a talent and, and what she can do and along the same line, she could wrestle anyone of any gender. I mean, she was the impact world heavyweight champion that, that, you know, the first woman to ever hold that belt. I mean, and, and she was very good, very, very good. So I'm, I'm going to say she rebounds big time. And I think that, uh, I think as once again, as long as there's no repeated patterns of that other stuff, I, I got to go into it with a clean slate and give her the benefit of the doubt and look at look at what she does in the ring. And if she comes back next year, I think she will be the uh, the best female wrestler of the whole year. So I'm going to go with Tessa Blanchard as my prediction for next that's, year. That's a good one. I mean, it is definitely a controversial, but I mean, okay. I mean, people can turn around. That's, that's what you got to hope for in people, right? They, they, they learn their lessons and they become better people. Right. So, Sure. Yeah. One is also like it isn't like we're. I mean, I'm sure there condoning are still it. some, but but I was, I'm definitely not yeah. condoning anything. But at the yeah, same exactly. time, it's like I feel like at this point, it, we've we've all kind of I don't want to say gotten over because everyone's gonna have different opinions on stuff. But you don't really hear people talking about like the Sam Guevara thing anymore. You know what I mean? Like you don't hear. There's other people who have said really stupid shit yeah. that we've kind of like gotten past it. You know, because because of their young age and the not repeated patterns of these mm-hmm. things and, and actually changing. And if, it, cause that's the thing. I mean, I said so much. It doesn't, stupid... excuse, it doesn't excuse the behavior, <clears throat> but it, it, it's definitely important to realize that, you know, people make mistakes and sorry about the ice. Um, and people can change. I, I mean, and to be, just to be fair, like I said so much stupid shit when I was like, a teenager and in my early 20s that like I would never ever say in my 30s like because I'm a totally different person now and I'm and I don't have the public eye on me I mean I do now a little bit because of like this kind of stuff and whatnot but that's not like someone like Sammy or Tessa or someone else has had to deal with either where like mm. you fuck up in the whole fucking world it has an opinion on it you know what I mean my fuck ups yeah. when I was 20 no one knows about and like and I was able to recognize and, and fix them. And no one knows one way or another. You know what I'm saying? Like, these people, like, you, they've got to make these changes publicly. And that, it's, it's, just, it's, 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 it's just one of those things. It just is what it is. But I think time can heal it as long as, once again, I just have to stress the, the repeated patterns aspect. It's, if, you, if you can change yeah. for the better, you can change for the better. Like, that's what we all want to see, right? Like, someone, someone like, recognize that they fucked up and, and mm-hmm. get better. I mean, that's... What, what yeah, 
But once again, um, she does it again and she's done. Like she is totally yeah. done. So, I mean, I think that's yeah, pretty, you know, I, that's, I agree with that a hundred percent too. Like she shows yeah. up somewhere and, and, and starts saying some of the stuff she said before, or like, or holds the, the belt for ransom or whatever. Like any yeah. of these things, it's like, okay, you're done. Like you've had enough chances, but like, this is the last chance as far as I'm concerned. But yeah. she's just, she's, she's incredibly talented. And that's, that's where the, that's what makes that's it so hard with all of this. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, for me, I don't know. I would say I would like these are the people I'd like to see have like really good years. I'd like to see Bianca Belair have a really good year. Sure. I'd like to see uh, Chris Scotlander have a really good year. Jordan Grace have a really good year again. Um, those are just kind of like people I like. Yeah, I I and have Baker and Britt Baker. Britt Baker. Baker's fun. That's a really good one too. And I, I had Statlander as an honorable mention for next year as well. I, I think if, when she comes back from injury. Uh, she she's another one that is really good at intergender wrestling. I saw her do it a lot on the indies. She's really good yeah. at it. Um, all right, last up, we got the male wrestler of the year, Jesse. It is on you first. It has to be Brody Lee. Like, I don't know. Like, it, I mean, I mean that's not a bad choice. He did have a like, really good year. He had a really good year and just like. I don't know. Right now, it's kind of hard for me to, like, think of anything else. It's understandable. I mean, obviously, yeah, like... It's just so sad. I don't know. Like, I know it's kind of, like, super depressing or whatever, but it's, like... His comeback story was so inspirational, and... He single-handedly got the Dark Order over after they were literally, like, just the laughing stock of professional wrestling... They were just a big joke, and they had the whole results of one thing. Trying to figure out who it was, AEW was posting all those um, cryptic pictures that you had to go and change the brightness of, or they would post like a math problem or something, and they had to decode it. And it was a lot of fun, kind of figuring that out, and just the surprise that that mat, that squash match with Cody was just like so shocking, and it was really like. It was really fun to see. Um, yeah, that's all I can really think about right now, honestly. Like, obviously, there were other, like, Drew McIntyre had a great year. I think Drew McIntyre um, having to be a baby face during a pandemic with no crowd, with no kind of gauge as to what you're doing and how you're doing and how people are actually reacting to what you're doing. I think that that's memorable for anyone. I think yeah. John Moxley had a great year. Um, John Moxley was kind of a force to be reckoned with pretty much all year. And I mean, those are other guys, but I think, you know, Brody Lee is on the line. So that's <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. Um, my, like, if I had, like, some honorable mentions, I would say honorable mention to Drew McIntyre, like you said, um, Roman Reigns, even though he wasn't yeah. around for a lot of the year. I mean, what he's done yeah. since he came back has been amazing. Um, even the guy, my boy Kyle O'Reilly, he's had a damn good year. Um, oh, really? He's had a good year. That's true. But he doesn't have the, uh, he doesn't have that big title win. I, I, I think, I think... He might he might win that title from Finn Balor at the beginning of this year, and he could have a really big twenty twenty one. Um, 
there's others um Kenny Omega with all the tag team stuff he did with the story with with Hangman with yeah. the way you know becoming the champion and now he's like going to be kind of like the big the big he's the most interesting thing to me about the the AEW Impact uh partnership uh, I, up to this point like he's been the most focused of all of it um yeah. but well, my winner is you mentioned him earlier I, John Moxley I got to go with Mox um yeah. he was the AEW champion almost the entire year won the belt at Re- Revolution like we talked about took on all challengers kept taking on number one contenders and top five ranked guys and, and beat them how he was going to beat them in the promo before that which was awesome and he'd beat them at their own game oh. like he'd go into whatever kind of match they wanted and and then he lost the the match basically because he agreed to Kenny's like gentleman's agreement and then Kenny is the one who turned on him yeah. um so um I think Moxley had the best year um I and also obviously honorable mention to to Brody Lee for every all the reasons yeah. that you said and he's obviously fresh on everyone's minds right now but kind of objectively looking at it and uh, who do I think had just the best overall overall year? Uh, I, I really got to go with John Moxley for for what he did. I think he was just a great champion, and he's someone I could see with that title belt again in the future. Um, he elevated the title. Uh, like Jericho got it to a really good point, then Moxley brought it even farther, and it meant a really it was a really really big deal when Kenny Omega beat him. Uh, because of how good his run was, and, and yeah, it made him, it made it a big deal. This is what you want in a championship. You want that championship to be, you know, held to that prestige. Exactly, and the in the different ways, like you were saying, like he'd call it before the sh- before the match, but he'd go out there and he was submitting people, he was choking people out, he was getting people throwing the towel, he was pinning people. He was, I mean, it was, it was a, uh, it was a great, in my opinion, it was just a great title run. Uh, so. I'm going to say John Moxley is my male wrestler of the year. Do you have a prediction for 2021? Who do you think is the, the male wrestler of the year when we do this next year? Ooh. That's tough. Uh, could be Roman Reigns, honestly. Very well, um, very well could be. Very well could be Roman Reigns. <clears throat> uh, could be Kenny Omega, depending on how this impact stuff goes. That's what I can think of. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, my my choice is Kenny Omega. I think that. Yeah. I think he holds that belt. Like I said, I think he's gonna hold it pretty much the entire year up until <clears throat> up until like the last month of the year or something like that. And Ooh, that, I mean, he's my favorite, so obviously I'm trying to like not be biased with Kenny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll be a little biased too. Like I'd love to see. I'd love to be able to say Kyle O'Reilly at the end of next year. Um, but I just don't see the WWE going all the way with him. Like, not the same way that I see them going all the way with Adam Cole, potentially. Like, I... they probably won't even do that. Which they probably won't. It depends on where where they... Like, if they stay on NXT, but then, like, how much longer can they keep doing what they've been doing? Um, And, I mean... Probably with Gargano. Yeah. Yeah. The only difference being, to be fair, like, I'm I'm a much bigger fan of Cole and O'Reilly than I am Gargano. Like, I I like Gargano. I like what he does in the ring, but, like the overall presentation of what I think O'Reilly and Cole both bring is just another level uh, for me. Um, But same, but, uh, but I agree with what you're saying. Kind of one of those things where they're all probably better off in NXT than winding up on Raw or SmackDown. Um, Mm. And it's sad because like the road dogs even said before, like straight up, 
if Adam Cole was the size of Karrion Cross, he'd probably already be the Universal Champion. It's like, well, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's great to know. Like, so you are pigeon- pigeonholing these guys. That's that's great. Um, Dang. Um, <laughs> so, but I think O'Reilly's going to have a good year. Um, I would love, I would love nothing more next year at this time to be saying Kyle O'Reilly had the best 2021, but I think it's more realistic right now, given the position Kenny Omega's in, being the current champion, being the face of this whole AEW impact thing. I think we're going to get some great matches, a great title reign. And I think it's going to be a really big deal if, and when hangman page beats him for that title later, uh, later in the year. So that's, it's a lot of predictions all in one, but I'm going to say, and I think Roman Reigns is a great choice as well, but yeah. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Kenny Omega next year. Awesome. That's what I'd like. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Well, that's going to do yeah. it. We're not going to go over sponsors today. Uh, we're yeah, gonna, I figured the same thing. Yeah, we're going to leave it at... Yeah. We, we appreciate everybody who has donated, yeah. anybody who has left Super Chats. The donation link in the description, if you're hearing this, because um, I upload all this audio to the Fight Talk podcast feed as well. If you're hearing this at any time over the next week, we're recording this show on December the 29th. So anytime between now and next Monday... If you send any money to the donation link in our YouTube description. So even if you're listening audio right now, go on our YouTube channel. January 5th. January 5th. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be like an immediate cutoff. Well, you know, especially if you, especially if you say in a message with the donation, like this is for John Huber, like we will make sure. Yeah, if you send this like three weeks from now and you say. Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. If you ever, if you ever want us to send stuff that way, yes, and just notate that. And I will send you a receipt <clears throat> of the donation. Just be able to get this. Yeah. I will not. We, yeah, I don't mess around with stuff like that. Yeah, this is no, this is no joke to us. This is no scam. This is us. Like we want to do what we can uh, to to help however we can. Yeah, certainly, absolutely. Um, but that all being said, that donation link, it's it's live. It's always live. So jump on there. We are at. I think we're at $80, I believe. Let me just double check. Uh, we'll see if my math is, is decent. Uh, there's 20 there. Now, the, the European money actually is a little bit more, so we might be a little closer yeah, to like 85. Um, well, that's what I meant, British pounds. Um, so, but let's just say if, if it was in US dollars, it'd be 20, 25, 30, 50, 70, 80. So, so yeah, I mean... Thank you all so much. Like my, we didn't even like discuss a goal beforehand or anything. I just kind of, that just kind of popped in my head when we were live, like a hundred dollars would be just an awesome number yeah. to be able to send. We made it to 80. We still have all week to get to a hundred or surpass a hundred. Every single penny, whether if we brought in $10,000, all of it would go to yeah, the, the family of John Huber or wherever they want that money, wherever his family wants that money sent. So, um, so please do that. Um, this is not for us. This is for them. And and we thank everybody who has given anything today. It's yes, very, very nice you. of y'all. Yeah. It's definitely. It's a tragedy. We're all hurting. But if we can come together like this and turn this each other up and do good for, for those left, I think it's, it's really honorable and it's appreciated. Definitely. All right, y'all. If you want to follow me on Twitter, fight talk underscore F I G H T T L T A L K underscore Jesse's at Jesse the Buckeye J S S I T H E B C K E Y E. Use code Jesse twenty five. I actually did that the other day. I don't know if you got a kickback, okay. but it's, uh, um, it's actually got extended through next year too. So. Oh, perfect. 
Well, if you're going to buy any Papa John's, I will plug that because uh, it's a great deal for everybody. You wind up saving 25%. You save and donate Yes, any money you save on that Papa yeah. John's order using Jesse25, donate to the family of John Huber. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, check that out. Check out Jesse's OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> I keep all my stuff updated on Twitter. We're not going to do the whole thing today because this, this is about John Huber. This is about talking a little bit of the best ofs and We'll leave the rest of it out of that. So that's all I've got to say. Is there anything else on your end, Jesse? No. No. That's what matters. All right, y'all. I hope everyone had a happy holidays. Hope everyone has a happy new year. And uh, we'll be back at the beginning of next year, probably on Tuesday or something. We'll we'll figure that out. Follow us on Twitter. Make sure to subscribe and give the thumbs up. That way you know when we're going live. 